there, movie geeks of the world. This week is Oscar nomination week. Always the big week in movies every year. Um, mm. Which means next week's show will be our Oscar prediction episode. Which means with this Tony. week. Mm-hmm. With Tony. Hey, Tony. Tony. Yeah, I got <laughs> to reach out to him. Um, but I would assume it's going to be with Tony like it normally is. But uh, anyway, that means this week we're dedicating the show to home entertainment. So uh, Adam's Blu-ray report, and then uh, Dean will uh, come in with some Amazon Prime goodies for the month. And it's uh, celebrating all things home entertainment. That's what Yay. we do once a month. Our monthly report. Right. <laughs> so let's not wait. Let's not let's not waste any time. Let's get to these jewels, these pearls, Adam, right away. <laughs> well, I did want to mention, and you and I were talking just a moment ago about this, the passing of Andrew Vagina, the the former head of Carolco Pictures, who was a major, major player in the 80s and 90s when we were coming yeah. of age. And uh, he just announced this yeah, you always he... saw his. You always saw his name. Yeah. You know, I, I, and I'm often curious about those those startups that – had such success, uh, like Vagis, uh, Vaginus Coralco and um, I think it's Vina. Uh, oh, is it Vina? Uh, yeah, probably yeah. Polish, yeah, right? Yes. Forgive us for yes. the mispronunciation. Yeah, uh, and it's so odd that it's a short Polish name, but mm-hmm. and, and, <laughs> and also uh, um, you know the joke about uh, what uh, what. Uh, what gift does a Polish man give his bride uh, on their wedding night that's long and hard? A last name. <laughs> anyway, okay. Good. Uh, also, Orion. Like, I'm always curious how these these studio these studios that really like hit it big with huge mm-hmm. movies go bankrupt. Like, just poof. Yeah. With bad management. Uh, I don't know. It's a mystery. It's you know it's a it's a it's a maze it's a it's a morass of mysteries. But like yeah, remember I mean, Orion Island had, Alive? Orion had two two best picture winners in a year that were both financial successes as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that, that was weird. And remember Island Alive? I always thought that was a really great uh, um, uh, indie outfit. Uh, in the oh. 80s, and, and it died. It was dead by the 90s. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's and true. Was also, speaking of, speaking of dead, and it fits in with your Blu-ray report, Adam, is that uh, one of the heroes of uh, home entertainment, a lot of the titles that we talk about week after week, he passed this past week. Yeah, it, it, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, that's Nick Redman. We uh, okay. he's, he's come up in our conversations. He passed away. Times. Yes, he did. He did. Wow. Uh, he died uh, Thursday. Yeah, it wasn't totally unexpected. Well, it was. It was a surprise for all. I mean, we. I, I knew he had been ill, and this. I mean, he. I think found out two years ago. He had a. I think it was a, a leukemia. I believe it was, if I'm not oh. mistaken. But. Uh, Oh, yeah, wow. he he was such a uh, he was I called him a keeper of the cinematic flame, and he really was. Uh, he came here from England mainly for his love of movies, and he started at the bottom working mm. 
for uh, in the Fox archives, and he they handed over. They had decided to start archiving a lot of these classic film scores that had never been issued before, and they handed over that task to him, and he took it and just did wonders with it. I mean, there was some incredible soundtrack releases that he put out in the 90s. Uh, and then he moved into documentary filmmaking for a short while. You know, he was Oscar-nominated for the, the Wild Bunch. For the Wild Bunch movie, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he did that, and he did one on John Ford. Uh, I think it's called Becoming John Ford or or something of that nature and um mm. so so there's a he he did t- two or three of them I think in the end in 2011 he continued his his uh work with film scores but in 2011 he and Brian Jameson just they saw that studios don't care about putting out physical media copies of classic films anymore and he said uh that it was the twilight time for physical media, so let's start a label and call it Twilight Time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's where it came from. Mm. And uh, they just did one wonderful work. His commentaries are so incredibly informative that they did on the, um, the the Twilight Time issues that they put out. And he would also lend his talents to other labels uh, for some of their releases. I know Kino, he did a couple of commentaries for them. Interestingly enough, he did one for The Bitch and The Stud, the Jim Collins. Sorely needed. Yeah, but uh, just a, a, a great guy, too. I, I was friends with him on Facebook. He's the kind of person that we, we never met in person, but we conversed often, and he he would never fail to send me a birthday greeting and that kind of thing, you know, and just just what, what a great guy. He was only 63, and, and his... Um, Julie Kurgo, who does all of the um, the essay booklets for Twilight Time, she was his companion uh-huh. uh, in life, and so they. I'm sure she's going to be. It's going to be really tough for her because they they ran the you know they worked together in, on the the Twilight Time releases, and and she was there. They were together all all the time, from what I could see, and just you know in each other's good company and it's just i don't know it just broke my heart to see it i I just i i I was just stunned my phone started blowing up friday afternoon when the news came out and it just was it was just stunning and shocking um i just he had been hospitalized several times but he always seemed to rebound and i just expected that he would again and i'm just going to really miss his posts and miss his informative commentaries and just going to miss him as as a presence you know it's just a real giant loss so I would think that he that they they have a commitment to continue on with Twilight Time and his absence and his honor. I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure that he probably made plans, knowing that he's been ill the past two years, to continue on with what he's helped create. Yeah, I, I well, I think so. It looks they're doing some interesting things over there, and I'm sure he had a hand in it, but. Um, he, uh, they've recently signed a licensing agreement with Universal, so they're getting the Universal title okay. now, which is interesting. They released the first one in November, that TV movie uh, Sunshine, and then they did Anne of the Thousand Days in December, mm-hmm. and they're doing Yank. They did Yanks this month, and they're doing that's Talk Radio. Movie. Yeah, Talk Radio next month. Yeah, that's so another one. Those are all universal titles. That, that so they're you know obviously he had plans to continue or, or they wouldn't have signed a licensing agreement with Universal and uh, ironically he, the the Blu-ray for Yanks came in Wednesday and he passed on Thursday and his commentary is there on that that disc and so that really gave me 
pause for thought. I kind of really got to me listening to a little bit of it and made me a little sad. So, Yanks is a great movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it's. Uh, I haven't quite made it all the way through. I'd never seen it. It was a blind spot, but so far uh, I'm enjoying it. And um, it's John Schlesinger, right? Yes, it is John uh, Schlesinger. Yeah, yeah and so. uh, uh, Richard Gere. Richard and, Gere, yeah. Uh, William Devane. That's correct. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tons of people in it. It's mm-hmm. really, really interesting movie uh, to look at the cast because there's a lot yeah. of people that became a lot bigger later yeah. on. So you know, but yeah, con- condolences to Nick and Nick's family and and <coughs> great Julie Kurgo and uh, yeah. all those over at Twilight Time. We just really we we hate this so much. And um, yeah, anyway, he was a, he was a hero. Definitely. Yeah, certainly was to me. I, I can tell you that. And, and like I said, I was honored to uh, have some interactions with him. I just I felt so uh, that just gave me no end of uh, uh, joy to be able to interact with him. I and, think, and you know, I think I heard his commentary on hardcore. Did he do commentary on hardcore? I believe so. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. that's where I heard him. And then yeah, yeah which was an incredibly. Uh, Man, I tell you who does great commentary is Paul Schrader. Paul Schrader's a oh, great yeah. Yeah. rock on tour anyway. But yeah, man, mm-hmm. I, and I yeah. love his commentary on hardcore because he really doesn't like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just sees everything that's amateur about it. But you know, he's why is this movie so overlit? I, I lit the scene like it's happening in a goddamn supermarket. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it has that uh, feel of like a little bit of a TV movie lighting scheme. Uh, So, yeah, it does have that. But I think it adds a a certain seediness to the film that uh, Mm -hmm. is is great. So, yeah. um, It's it's really entertaining. Uh, Yeah. We'll get on with it. Let's do this. January. Let's get on with it. Yep. So, we'll start, of course, at the top of the month, which was January 1st in this case, and um, we had a few things here, mostly older, uh, mostly newer titles, rather, uh, Night School, Bad Times at the El Royale, but the only catalog title, Bloody New Year from 1987 on the first day of the month, which was a Tuesday, but that was the only real thing, but that's one that I was not really familiar with, uh, but on January 2nd, we... There were a couple of titles, I guess, because January January 1st being a holiday, of course, uh, there were a few things that trickled in on the 2nd, and one of them was The Scarlet Letter with uh, Demi Moore. <laughs> oh, God, that's, yeah. that's an awful movie. That's, yeah. that's a terrible version of that. And, good Stay score, away. though. John Barry contributed a really good score for that movie. It's one of those, you know, terrible movie, good score. So Yeah. yeah. Well, he he did a lot of those, and he improved mm-hmm. a lot of bad movies with his sure scores. Uh, it, John Barry was uh, somebody who could not do bad work; it was just not in him. Mm-hmm. And every every score he does is, is yeah. did was great. And I have that great John Barry uh, four CD collection of themes that he did. Uh, it comes from Czech. I think it was done in Czechoslovakia or. Mm-hmm. Uh, Poland or some, one of the Eastern Bloc countries, and uh, man, it was it's it's fantastic. If you if you love John Barry, that's a great collection. Yeah, it's great. I'm a one, and one of his last one of his last scores is Enigma, and that's also I a really that. good yeah. score. Very the good. Michael Apted. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm wondering like 
I love that movie. Some composers, some composers have a, an instantly the distinctive uh, sound, like you know oh. from the first note who it is. And uh, certainly, John Barry is one of those. But I, I wonder if that's just if that's just because that's their sound and they, that's the only way they hear, or because uh, people say, "Give me that John Barry sound." <laughs> <laughs> you know. I think that's just Sorry, the way so they are, you know. I mean, uh, you, you could certainly uh, – I feel like you could tell a, a, a Jerry Goldsmith score and certainly a John Williams score usually and, and so forth. So, you know, I mean, I just think that's their style, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but, I, I, t- I mean, everybody tried to rip off Jerry Goldsmith. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. So I mean, there are a lot of the, the '80s and '90s stuff that are Gary Goldsmith ripoffs. Mm-hmm. Nobody mm-hmm. could quite get a John Barry, just like nobody can quite get a Morricone. You know, no, that's right. No, no, nobody, nobody could even touch John Barry for coming mm-hmm. up with uh, themes that can uh, really rip your heart out. Uh, even for not great movies, you know, like uh, uh, High Road to China. Which is one of the great yeah. scores to uh, just a yeah. blah blah kind of not great movie, but man, is that score incredible! Wow. I agree. Wow. And there's some of his scores that he wrote for movies that you know because we thankfully live in an age where a lot of these soundtracks are being um, archived and put out for consumption. Thankfully, and there's a lot of stuff that he wrote that wasn't used or not much of it was used in. in one of those that's really good for a terrible movie again it was the uh, William Cat movie uh, First Love from 1977 with Susan Day. Jesus. That's not a terrible movie. That's that's a real sweet movie. But uh, I I yeah I do like that score too. Oh, Mike yeah. Murder is it another has, one. Yep, that's a yeah absolutely yeah that's a good one and the specialist. Uh, <laughs> the specialist yeah, yeah good score and yeah. Until September with Karen Allen. That's uh, yeah that good was one. good too. Yep. It, yeah. Those are but, all great uh, John Barry scores that um, you know, just great stuff. So. And then going back to the beginning of of his career when he was just getting off being a jazz drummer, uh, the knack and how to get it is oh, a really terrific it. score. Yeah. Oh and man. The, that and the Ick Press file is another one yes. that came around that time. Yeah. Uh, those are just uh, incredible. And You're right. Quite, there was a different. guy. There was actually a guy that uh, was on was on that show Pawn Stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I TiVo Pawn Stars, so I have no idea what time frame it was because all the reruns play and it just automatically mm-hmm. records and I watch them. But uh, he walked in with his guitar. He was a, a session guitarist, mm-hmm. and he was trying to see if he could pawn his guitar. <clears throat> and the and he started listing the credits of what he played that guitar in, which recording sessions. And he said, "Yeah, the the." The James Bond theme. I, I played <laughs> it on this guitar, like the down, da down, down. Like he played, yeah. he played the very what? first Bond of the guitar. What? He did. Wow, the very yes. first one. Oh, I believe wow. so. The That's guys amazing. In his, uh, guys in his uh, probably late seventies. I think he was. Um, that was written with. That was written with. Uh, that was John Barry and somebody else. Who was it? Who was Monty it, Norman? Monty Norman, right? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, the uh, the great John Barry did the score for the Scarlet Letter. Is what I'm <laughs> saying for a bad movie. Uh, this is a Kino release. It's one of those Hollywood pictures that we're always talking about. Mm-hmm. That they're putting. They have the. They control. They bought. The purchased all the rights to release all those Disney. 
titles, uh, Hollywood Pictures and Touchstone and all that stuff. So that's one of their, one of those. And a couple mm-hmm. other titles from Kino, The Bounty from 1984, which is previously issued by Twilight Time. Uh, about that. Also on Prime this month. So, uh, yeah, The Bounty is, no. that's one of the best versions of that story, I think. Yeah, yeah, it, it's good. It's certainly as good as Mutiny on the Bounty, the one with uh, Marlon Brando. <laughs> Which is, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> certainly that good. That was so, an important. Uh, that was an important movie for Brando personally. I think it was for mm-hmm. for him. He met yeah. his, he met his wife on it, and and fell in love with Tahiti or wherever he yeah. fell in love with. But, yeah, uh, the Bounty. Kind of the bounty is that Donald? Is that Donaldson? That version. It of is the Roger uh, Donaldson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. Yeah. I have uh, nothing more to add. <laughs> nothing more to add. <laughs> nothing more to add. Yeah. Tell them Willie Boy is here. It's another oh. Kino release that, of course, is Robert Redford, Catherine Ross, and Robert Blake, and Susan Clark. Who's the director on mm. that? Uh, Abraham Polanski? Is that his it name? absolutely is. And the writer. Yeah. He and and he, was a, he was a blacklisted uh, yes. writer. Uh, he did Force of Evil. Was, uh, Abraham's a pruder. He shot it on eight millimeter. <laughs> <laughs> You're tying into another one of our titles. That's coming up later. Okay. Anyway. Oh. Good. I, I like that. I like telling Willie Boy. Willie Boy was here. It's a, it was a yeah. drive-in staple back in the seventies. Uh, yep. Played a lot there. Yeah. It's another. It's Kino has a, a licensing agreement with Universal and uh, as well, and I think that's one of their Universal titles. So, okay. The 1987 film Washington Square is another Kino release. With uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Yep, Albert Finney, Maggie Smith, Ben yeah. Chaplin. That's basically a, that's a remake of The Heiress, the, uh, mm-hmm. the movie with uh, uh, Olivia de Havilland, uh, which is based on a uh, it's based on a Henry Henry uh, is it Henry Blake novel or Yes, uh, that's correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so we have, yeah, Washington. Like I never saw Washington Square. I remember, I'd like to check it out. Yeah. So, j- moving on to January 8th, and Jamie just mentioned it earlier. Well, not this movie, but uh, he mentioned the title, 8mm, <laughs> Joel Schumacher. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this has been issued by uh, Scream Factory. Actually, I think it's Shout Factory. It's one of their... Mm, yeah, I think it's one of their Shout Selects. And mm. no, nope, it's not. It's just a regular Shout Factory. The Screen Factory release. It's a Screen Factory. Is that that movie has a lot of similarities to uh, Hardcore, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it's a similar similar story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I haven't I've seen Hardcore since I've seen 8mm, so I can't really I uh, can't say how much. I I haven't seen 8mm since it came out in a the theater. So 8mm is fine. But it's 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 no hardcore, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's amazing how how much it uh, kind of rips off hardcore, mm-hmm. or maybe it's a coincidence. I don't, I don't know. No, <laughs> no way. Yeah. So uh, th- this release has a new interview with uh, Joel Schumacher. Uh, audio it has the original audio commentary that Schumacher did, and there's a some a trailer, TV spots, and gallery. So. Uh, for anybody who wants to go revisit 8mm, well, it's out there, and so is. This is another uh, Scream Shout release. This time it's a Shout Select release. 
of When Harry Met Sally, the 30th anniversary edition. And this has been issued, of course, previously on Blu-ray, but this one has a new conversation with Rob Reiner and Billy Crystal together, a new 4K scan, uh, and there's the vintage audio commentary with Reiner and Nora Ephron and Billy Crystal and, and then the other audio, audio commentary with Rob Reiner uh, by himself. And there's the documentary, How Harry Met Sally. And, you know, so... Some some goodies on there. A lot of a lot of Rob a lot of Rob Reiner in that package. Ah uh, yes. Is, is, do <laughs> they call it, it the? Uh, is it the I'll have what she's having edition? <laughs> uh, it's just just when Harry met Sally, 30th anniversary is what it's being billed as. But that would have been clever. That's too bad they missed that. So Judgment Night from 1993. Uh, <laughs> uh. This is a Warner Archive release directed by Stephen Hopkins. And this was Cuba Gooding Jr. pre Oh, it gets better and better. Yeah. So Emilio and Emilio Estevez. Dennis yeah. Leary, yeah, as a villain. From what okay. I remember. So, yeah. Well, how about this one? Here's here's another uh, one that came out around that time. <laughs> See if anybody remembers this. Stay tuned with John Ritter and Pam Dauber. Yeah, oh, yeah, where they get caught in the television. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, they get yeah. sucked up into the television world, and yeah. Uh, that's the one, Peter Hyams, who we, you know, <laughs> directed that master of comedy. Yes. <laughs> when you think comedy. Uh, <laughs> I love I love Peter Hyams is a good guy. Hey, yeah. So here, here, here's the Sophie's choice for you. Stay tuned, or click. Yep. Oh my Stay God! Tuned for sure. Click. Uh, by the way, I have a trivia question. Uh, where the answer? I've already given away the answer. But what is the only Adam Sandler movie to get an Oscar nomination? And it's Click. Didn't the uh, di- Didn't the Pixels That's thing fun. get a nomination? Uh, not sure. Maybe maybe it got a it might have gotten a a sound effect. I think it got a visual effect. I don't think so. I think it got a maybe got a sound nomination. But uh, as far as I can tell, Click is the only one. It got a makeup nomination. Mm. I didn't realize that, or I probably knew it and had forgotten it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this this release of Stay Tuned. Oh, I was just going to say it's a Sony release. It's one of their direct-to-video, you know, uh, just order direct titles with no extras. Um, you know, there's just bare bones. That probably has a very interesting uh, supporting cast. Uh, uh, yeah, well, it's but, uh, it has uh, Eugene Levy and Heather McComb and Jeffrey Jones and oh, so wow, there you go. Okay, Eugene Levy would be worth checking out. Yeah. Uh, well, we have the 1984 film, this is from Scorpion releasing, um, Blind Date, which used to come up on, well, this used to turn up on cable all the time. It's the one about the guy who goes blind remembering his, uh, and he gets an experimental device that allows him to see with the aid of a computer, and and he's, it's, oh, yeah. he's trying to stop a psychopath. Okay. It's Joseph just... Bottoms, Cursed the Alley, and... Huh. Well, Lana Clarkson, who was murdered, of course, uh, mm-hmm. by Philip Phil Spector, is in this as well. So, oh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I was getting that mixed up. What was the uh, What was the Blake Edwards movie? Bruce Willis. Yeah, the Bruce, Bruce Willis Ken Basinger. Oh, one. that's the Blind yeah, Date. Yeah. That was crazy. Blind Date too, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. A different kind of. It was a comedy. This is a 
action drama. So okay. Different, different okay. I've got the score for both uh, blind dates, and I tell you, <laughs> <laughs> I actually do. And I tell you, the, the one that you're talking about, Adam, actually has a really good score. Mm. Uh, for what the, whatever that's worth. Yeah. Interesting. Well, supposedly this movie has. Uh, this Blu-ray has two cuts of the movie, which is <laughs> interesting. I didn't know there was mm. another cut. Uh, anyway, too, too many. No, uh, yeah, well, okay. so there may be fans. Who knows? But uh, anyway, we'll move along to 1969, a Kino release. Whatever happened to Aunt Alice? Oh, that's one of those old lady, old lady horror movies. Yeah, this is actually a pretty good one. Uh, it's mm. produced by uh, Robert Aldrich. Not directed okay. by Robert Aldridge, but produced by, directed by Lee H. Katzen. But it has a okay. good cast. It's Geraldine Page and Ruth Gordon and uh, Robert Fuller from the Emergency Television series. He mm. did that later on. He's in it. But it's uh, kind of an interesting story. I, I watched it recently with the review copy. It was, it was It's kind of fun. Geraldine Page, she's, her husband dies, and she runs out of funds, and so she decides to hire a succession of housekeepers and kill them and take their money. Wow. <laughs> so it's and bury them in the backyard to That's fertilize their garden. Got a little bit a little bit of a scent of uh um uh the honeymoon killers in it. A little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. Except came out the year before. Yeah. So, yeah. We have the nineteen seventy four release, Willie Dynamite. Oh, wow. Black exploitation. Yeah, directed by Gilbert Moses and starring Roscoe Orman and the final film of Diana Sands, and uh, also stars the cult actor from the 70s, Thalmas Rasulullah, who oh. so many things that we saw back then. Black One of my Lud favorite and, names to say, Thalmas oh, Rasulullah. Right? <laughs> Just run or rolls right off the tongue. It does. Always, it's fun. That guy was always a lot of fun, anything he turned up in. He always, and of course, for television audiences, he's famously known as Roger's dad on What's Happening. So. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> Yeah, he turns up in a couple of episodes as Raj's father, but uh, Willie Dynamite's a. F- what movie that? is uh, is uh, is what's happening based on? That is Cooley High, I believe. Good job, good yeah. job. <laughs> and uh, also has a song that was remade. Of course, you know uh, <laughs> it's so hard to say goodbye, which became a huge hit for Boys to Men. <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah, the song that comes. People thought that was an original song. It came from that movie. It was a remake. So mm-hmm. yeah, but uh, Willie Dynamite is it's a real fun uh, black exploitation movie. And um, Arrow Video has seen fit to put it out with a nice little uh, treasure trove of extras. I love seventies black movies. They're just so mm-hmm. uh, they're so uh, inventive, and uh, even though they can be violent, uh, they're uh, they're fun, you know. I, mm-hmm. I think they're fun. They're fun to look at. It's fun to see the world, uh, you know, th- those worlds that they uh, portray and uh, and the time that they portray mm-hmm. and everything. So I'm looking forward to that. I have a few movie ads for that. Yeah, good stuff. So, uh, you know, I told, I mentioned last month on the show, or maybe the month before, that a lot of TV movies are starting to come out, to trickle out. Well, not a lot, but there are a few that are trickling out. We've got a couple this month. One is The House That Would Not Die from 1970, Mm. and starring Barbara Stanwyck, 
Richard Egan, Michael Anderson Jr., Kitty Wynn, oh, of course, from yeah, and Panic in Needle Park, of course, yeah. and uh, Mabel Albertson. You remember Mabel Albertson, who was Darren's uh, mother on uh, the um, Bewitched Bewitch. television series, yeah, and wow. the sister of Jack Albertson. She's the one that always had the "I've got a sick headache" was her line on Bewitched, uh, if you uh, remember. Huh. Anyway, she's in this as well, and it's about a haunted house. Uh, the, the Kitty Wynn and Barbara Stanwyck are mother and daughter, and they move into this house. It's a civil war. Has a a ghost from the Civil War that keep that, that that's haunting the house. And I see. So it's it's uh, Kitty, Kitty you know. Wynn is still around. I tracked down Kitty Wynn not too long ago, <laughs> and because um, she totally left the business. Sure did. However, she. Uh, I think she still acts in community theater. Mm-hmm. She lives in some place like Connecticut, and she still does shows there. But they did some kind of anniversary screening of Panic in Needle Park not too long ago. Uh, it was Shattsburg, and uh, Kitty Wynn showed up. So they're photographed together. And it was wow, is she her. great in that movie? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, she's she's tremendous. Yeah, she really is. But The House That Would Not Die has an interview with director John Llewellyn Moxey, who did a lot of TV movies. He was very mm-hmm. busy with television movies. He's now 94 years old, I believe, and but he's still around, and he's contributed. He recently did a, a an interview on the Night Stalker Blu-ray that just came out from Kino, so they've got him on this one as well. So I, mm-hmm. I think that's awesome that he's still around and still talking about these movies he directed way back when. It's uh, it's pretty pretty terrific. So another TV movie that was issued. Speaking of John Ritter, here he comes again. This was a movie that caused a little bit of a stir in the headlines. I don't know if you guys remember or not. 1982's Prey TV. Oh yeah, yeah, which had totally. Ned, yeah, Ned Beatty and John Ritter, and uh, it it made it a little bit of a splash on on in the news when uh, Jerry Falwell, of course the prominent televangelist he undertook a public campaign to attempt the movie to keep it from airing so mm. it's, it may be more famously known for that it did air and i'm not sure if it was tampered down or 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 if they aired it originally as as it was intended i'm not sure no, who always directed works. that one what who directed it mm-hmm. um gosh i'm i'll have to see if i can hmm, i'm not seeing a a credit here on the back of it. That's. I'll have to see if I can investigate and find out. But uh, yeah, I remember it was an ABC TV uh, movie of the week kind of thing. So it it uh, it was directed by Lane Slate. Sorry. Okay. Uh, sorry, written by Lane Lane Slate. Robert Markowitz is the director. So. Oh, Mar- uh, oh, he he did voices. He did that yeah. yes, great that movie voices. Correct. Yeah, I like voices. <laughs> I'm a fan of that as well. I love yeah. that movie. Yeah. So yeah, the uh, the writer of it, Lane um, Lane Slate, is most famously known for the 1977 horror film The Car. Oh wow, <laughs> James Brolin, the, the the driverless car that attacks people. So mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that's the horn. That the, yeah, <laughs> that the car had. That's a great uh, opening sequence where the car is about to, it runs over a bicycle. That's pretty. There's some good Pretty stuff effective. in that in yeah. that movie. It's not it's not as horrible as you might think. And no, it, it is it is suspenseful in a lot of things. But there's some terrible lines in the movie. I agree. I agree. Totally. <laughs> yeah. 
so uh, I want to mention, this is a more recent title, but I want to mention it because it's very well uh, worth seeing if people haven't. It's the new documentary on Studio 54 uh, that came out last fall, okay. directed by Matt Turnauer, and it has a really, really good. It has a really good interview that's interspersed in the film with um, oh, the, the Ian Schrager, who's the only surviving, uh, the surviving, the lone surviving owner of Studio Fifty Four. He, okay. he has some really interesting stories to talk about how they wound up getting in legal trouble and all that. And, I'm positive uh, it's better than the Mike Myers. Oh, absolutely, 54. yeah. <laughs> yeah, although they did a director's cut on that a couple of years ago that was a little bit better than the this uh, okay. 54 that came out in theaters. They reinstated a lot of them. The Mike Myers footage, a lot of it hit the cutting room floor, and they put most of that back in. And his performance actually was pretty good. As um, yeah, he was he was the best thing about it. He was good. Steve Rubell. Steve yeah. Rubell. 54 yeah. was one. Of, 54 was one of those movies that the Weinstein uh, massacred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, yeah. he had he had a way of going in the cutting room and having mm-hmm. his way and screwing the movies up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, this is true. Silent Screen from 1979. Oh my God! <laughs> that movie that movie has one of the most disturbing suicide scenes I've ever seen in a really? movie where she where she hangs herself. Oh my God! I never saw it. I, I remember seeing the uh, trailers for it when I was a kid. But it was R-rated. My parents wouldn't take me to see R-rated movies when I was in uh, that, that age. I was about nine. Oh, so I was still in the way. My parents were taking me to R-rated movies when I was two, and oh. uh, and they would I they didn't put any kind of uh, any kind of uh, restriction on any movies I went to see, even by myself. You know, and yeah. I just went into R-rated movies when I was nine years old, so. So my so my friend uh, my friend Rick from from a young age he showed his daughters his four daughters he showed them all Jaws because it's his favorite movie. Mm-hmm. So his youngest years ago they go to Universal Studios and they're they're on the Jaws ride, which is essentially a boat on a track in the water, and the tour guide's like, "What is that?" And then the dun 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 and the shark jumps out and. It's now defunct. They got rid of that ride, but that's what it was. And when the shark jumped out, she, the little girl was so terrified. <laughs> she jumped in, in Rick's arms, and she screamed out at a boat full of people. She screamed out, we're all going to fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> and, Rick, and Rick is sitting there feeling like the worst parent in the world. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, so what about this cast in Silent Scream? We have Rebecca Balding, Cameron Mitchell, Barbara Steele, Yvonne DiCarlo, Avery Schreiber. So that may be <laughs> enough reason right there, though. <laughs> yeah. The Doritos guy. That's right. Oh, my God. That might Schreiber be enough reason to get it. So, yes, exactly. So, <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to let people know that Scorpion has released Silent Scream from 1979. It's... Uh, it is it a is, disturbing movie. Yeah, out there. And then we move on to January 15th. Uh, that was last Tuesday. The cliffhanger has been issued in a 4K 25th anniversary edition. Uh, um, that's one of my favorite uh, Stallone movies. Uh, yeah? Yeah, that's a good one. I want to say, speaking of Andrew Vag- Vanya, as we talked about earlier, I think he might have produced this one, maybe. I'm not sure. Mm. I can't remember. Seems like it would have been something he would have been 
Incredible with, visual effects yeah. in it. He did. Yeah. He, he, I'm sure he was involved in that. Yeah. Because yeah. that's also Coralco, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think it was a co-production between them, and it seems like it was uh, who, TriStar, I believe. Who, was the who was the villain in it? Wasn't uh, John, John Lithgow? Lithgow? Yeah. 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 Terrific. It's good. He makes a good villain in that one. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Arrow Video has issued a deluxe edition of Crimson Peak, which is a fairly recent film, of course, and it's already been been released by Universal in a pretty pretty comprehensive set, but they've redone it with a new transfer and some new extras. And So Guillermo del Toro, if you're a fan of, uh, Crimson Peak has been. Kind of a haunted house movie, sort of, yeah. and, and uh, a really beautiful art direction in that and some really good things in it, as usual with uh, Guillermo del Toro. He's, you know, yeah. Uh, brilliant at uh, building the sets and stuff. That's one mm-hmm. of, always one of the highlights of his movies. I think. Yeah. So Mill Creek has issued a couple of uh, 80s staples, and they've issued them in this packaging where it makes them look like uh, those old VHS boxes. The box mm. art is it's, it's really unique on them. And uh, Silent Rage and Happy Birthday to Me are two of those. <laughs> and Who's Harry Crumb? That's the three of them. So. <laughs> So Silent Rage. So that's that's yeah. Chuck Norris and who else? Chuck Norris. That's not Carradine, is it? That's somebody else that plays a villain in that Silent Rage. Um, that's Ron Silver and Stephen uh, William Finley is in it actually. Yeah, Ron uh, Silver was playing a lot of villains back then. Yeah, he was. So that's a Chuck Norris it. movie, though, right? It is. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And uh, happy birthday to me is uh, Melissa Sue Gilbert. Anderson. Uh, Melissa Sue oh, Anderson. Melissa Sue Anderson, okay. right, who played the blind daughter in, on Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, yeah, not so The great. thing I remember about happy birthday to me is that I think the only thing that comes to mind is there's a shish kebab scene. Yes. Natalia. Yes. Well, they used okay. they used that on the poster, didn't they? They did. They, they used the, the guy stuck in the mouth with the shish kebab. <laughs> yeah, on the, oh, the old the old go to shish kebab on the poster. <laughs> I mean, how many times are we going to see that? It, it's on the front of the uh, the video box. It, yeah. it really is. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, anyway, so, so uh, moving along, uh, De Palma's nineteen seventy six. Brian De Palma's 1976 Obsession has never been available on Blu-ray in America. It was Ooh. previously issued in England by Arrow, but finally it makes its way uh, onto Blu-ray stateside with most of the extras that were found on the Arrow release, and there are some new ones as well. It's in a nice slipcase that they they're putting this in it's one of their it's collector's edition it has a new commentary with Douglas Kesey who did the recent book Brian De Palma's Split Screen a life in film and there's new interviews mm. with George Lido who's a veteran who worked with Producer. De Palma on more than yeah. one occasion yeah and Paul Hirsch is interviewed here a brand new on interview yeah yeah mm-hmm. and then the rest of the stuff is carryovers if you didn't get the other previous edition one one of the few Oscar uh uh, times that uh, a, a composer has gotten two Oscar nominations in one year for mm-hmm. score, and that was B- Bernard Herrmann, uh, his last year alive. He got a uh, nomination for that and for Taxi Driver in the same year. Yeah. 
And by the way, uh, that documentary, De Palma, uh, mm-hmm. one of the most entertaining parts of that movie is De Palma talking about uh, obsession and uh, how much he did not get along with Cliff Robertson. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. That was shocking because I'd never heard anybody say anything negative about Cliff Robertson. And uh, that kind of took me by surprise that it sounded like he was really difficult. You know what Cliff Robertson movie I would love to see released? There's a movie called Shoot. Have you guys ever seen this movie? I've it's heard one of, of it. Scariest non horror movies I've ever seen. It's about a bunch of guys getting together to to uh to go hunting mm-hmm. and they uh they come into contact with another group of hunters and they kind of start a informal war. Oh man, it is. They come in contact with Dick Cheney. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone does get shot in the face in it, and it is it is stunning. It is stunning. One of oh god, it is what a great movie. Shoot is the name of the movie. Well, I'll have to look that up. Yeah, that would be a great release. So the forbidden photos of a lady above suspicion is a 1970. Giallo, one of those Italian horror film titles that I was not familiar with until I, uh, Arrow Video has released that. And, uh, but I'll have like really long, unwieldy titles. Yeah, this is this is true. And this one, uh, it was about a, young, a repressed young wife's traumatic sexual assault that triggers a depraved obsession with her attacker. And uh, mm. not not familiar with most of these. It's, it's Italian, like I said, Luciano. Uh, or Coley is the director. There's a lot of extras. They've done a nice job with a new transfer and some extras, uh, a new batch of extras. So the Forbidden Photos of a Lady Above Suspicion, that's an Arrow release. And um, how about The Howling 3, The Marsupials? <laughs> mm. It actually how has a tagline it? from the New York Times on the back. It says, if you see only one werewolf movie this year, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it says. Is it so, Rob Bob? Oh, it doesn't, uh, say, it doesn't say see... Uh, so they could have pulled that review from anything. From the house, <laughs> That's from the, true. Yeah. Wow. I wonder if Rob Botton does the uh, makeup effects because that's one of the things that made The Howling so great. Oh, he didn't have any time. involvement with uh, any of the other films. Uh, okay. this, the effects here are by Bob McCarran and and I'm not familiar with him. Felipe Mora uh, oh, was the director of this one and the second one. He directed right. two and three. So he did. Uh, he did. Uh, um, King of Hearts. Yeah, he did that, and the Beast Within. Let's yes, not forget the Beast about Within, that, yeah. <laughs> which I'm a fan of, actually. <laughs> that probably it, has the best transformation sequence of any horror movie I've ever seen. I have it, to say, that. it definitely made you jump when you finally <laughs> saw the full transformation. Oh, oh man, yeah. it it's was it was incredible. scary. Yeah, it, it really was scary. is. Yes, it uh, it it. They were trying to outdo each other back then, but I think the Beast Within finally beat them all when I saw this. Nothing has topped that. So I'm, I'm now thinking that uh, Felipe Broca did uh, King of Hearts. So you might I be might right. Be, I, I think I'm right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Another so Felipe. King of Hearts. Uh, this is uh, totally unrelated, but that's why I'm here. The, the I saw this interview with uh, Nicholas Cage the other day, and they were saying, "What's what's the one thing that you didn't get that you regret?" And and he said, "Years ago, I I." Auditioned for Bruckheimer. I thought I was very close to getting this lead part in a movie, and I didn't. And I always regretted it because I feel I could have done great things with that character. 
and the movie was Thief of Hearts. The uh, oh, the oh Stephen yeah. Bauer yeah. thing. Yeah, the Stephen Bauer thing. Yeah. yeah. I kind of like that movie. It's okay. It has its moments. I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, it has a great premise. It's the you know he's a thief that steals his. They break into somebody's house. He steals this woman's diary, and he goes back uh, because he comes obsessed with her diary. He he goes back and meets her in the real world and, and tries to fulfill all her sexual fantasies that he's read about in her diary. Huh. And uh, yeah. Sounds like a good plan. It, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. It is. Hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I'm taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So. But The Howling 3 is a release from uh, Scream Factory, and uh, there's new commentary with Philip Philippe Mora and new interview on camera with him as well and uh, interview from director Mark Hartley. And so anyway, uh, The Howling 3, The Marsupials, is out there. Uh, new, another um, Warner Archive title is The Prize, starring Paul Newman. Oh, huh. uh, about the Pulitzer Prize, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the one. The yes. race to the Pulitzer, yes. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, written by Ernest Lehman, the famed screenwriter. Oh, the screenwriter. Yeah, and directed by Mark Robson, who uh, made many uh, films that... He he made Earthquake. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he surely did. That's... And was nominated for a Best Director Oscar for The End of the Sixth Happiness mm-hmm. uh, back in the 50s. So he's been he's been around a lot long time. Did, did he not also direct Valley of the Dolls? I believe he did. He did. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, this is a great cast. This has Paul Newman, Edward G. Robinson, Elkie Summer, Diane Baker, and so you know. Yes, yeah. that is an ex- excellent cast. Mm-hmm. You know, always so the, looking for new Paul Newman movies that I have never seen because uh, I always feel like he elevates almost anything he does. You know. Oh yeah. Whether it be something like, you know, uh, uh, what was that Bronx movie? Uh, Fort Apache, the Bronx. The Bronx, yes. <laughs> he's he's always good in movies. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So the prize is a Warner Archive release, as I said. And um, so Jack the Ripper from 1959, that's a Severin Films release. The and British? Is, uh, yeah, it's written by Jimmy Sangster. Oh, the Hammer, of the Hammer Studios films, yeah. guy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, di- directed by Robert S. Baker and Monty Berman, co-director. Oh, those and, are all uh, good people. Yeah, so there's there's that. And the also the 1965, speaking of Hammer, horror film, The Plague of the Zombies. That is scary. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a really good zombie movie. Like yeah. uh, unforgettable zombies in it. Unforgettable. They, uh, it is frightening. Yeah, there's some there's some some really disturbing imagery. I did catch up to this one, and uh, it's it's pretty effectively done. It's 1966. I'm sorry. And the uh, there's a new audio commentary with uh, filmmaker Constantine Naser and film historian Steve Haberman. There's new audio commentary with Troy Howarth, and there's the World of Hammer episode. Uh, entitled Mummies, Werewolves, and the Living Dead, which covers all the films that Hammer made that were uh, dealt with those subjects. So, uh, and there's a making of Plague of the Zombies documentary. So it's it's really stacked with extras. Mm, that's good. That's good. I like get that one. Plague of the Zombies. So we move on now to January 18th, The Psychic from 1977. Hmm. 
has been issued. Vaguely remember it. It's a Scorpion release. Scorpion releasing has put that out. Um, Who's the lead in that? That's Jennifer O'Neill, actually. Okay. Directed by Lucio Fulci. Okay. Your favorite director. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's the best. I just remember Jennifer O'Neill being the you know in the in the advertisements for this, but and this is an interesting movie. You had a crush uh, on Jennifer O'Neill, didn't oh, you? Of course, <laughs> didn't we all? I ever think we all ever did since summer forty two. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah, I would love to interview her at some point, but I don't know. Yeah, she's sweet. I'm sure she's got stories. She's yeah. there. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and this is an interesting movie. I'd be curious to, if any, any of either of you remember this one from 1977. I remember seeing this in the vid- our local video store, and I picked it up. It's kind of a variation on Deliverance, where a bunch of guys go hunt, uh, in, on vacation in the Canadian wilderness, and uh, they're t- you know they're victimized by some 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 people in the woods or whatever. It's Hal Holbrook, Lawrence Dane. Rituals is the name of the Rituals. Movie. Wow. Yeah, directed by. Peter Carter, but yeah, I, I this was a blind rental for me uh, when I was a teenager. I picked it up and it just looked interesting, and it, it was pretty good. Your parents good. didn't slap your hand? No, no, I was able to watch R-rated films at the time as a teenager, just not when I was nine years old. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. Later on, Hal Holbrook doesn't get raped in that, does he? Because I'm not going to watch that. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> no, but it's uh, it's it's pretty. It's pretty intense from what I remember now. It's been 30 years since I saw it, but uh, this is a Scorpion release, and um, I'd like to revisit that. I didn't get a didn't get a review copy on that one, but mm-hmm. anyway, so uh, moving right along, it's Criterion's Mikey and Nikki. Right. Falk, John uh, Elaine Cassidy's. May. Yeah, Elaine May. Yeah, that's – it's one of the January Criterion releases, and mm-hmm. uh, there's – so a nice batch of extras that they've prepared for this one, and, uh, you know. So it's man, they should give Elaine May a special Oscar. Yeah, I think yeah. she deserves one. She's she's done incredible work over the years as a as a director, as a script doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's she's fantastic. They they should give her one. I agree wholeheartedly. She's she's put in the time for sure. Ishtar notwithstanding. Yes, it's true. <laughs> well, another criterion is four months, three weeks, and two days. Oh, that's a great movie. From two thousand seven. Yes, that is that is devastating. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't issued this one previously, but they finally got around to it. It looks like it was something you know you would think of this being ripe for one of their one of something in the Criterion collection, but uh, who's the director on that? That is uh, Christine Mungio. Christian. Mungio. Christian. Christian yes. Mungio. Christian yeah. Mungio. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. He's he's really great. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Dirty Rotten Scoundrels from 1988. <laughs> this is which uh, is also on Prime right now. Yeah. This is uh, that's interesting. The remake was, of Bedtime Story with uh, David Niven and uh, and Marlon Brando. Uh, with uh, Steve Martin and um, uh, Michael Caine Michael stepping Caine. into the roles, trying to uh, dupe a uh, a rich woman into um, marrying one of them, and uh, it's some there's some really funny 
uh, Steve Martin moments in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's it's actually a very entertaining movie. So better yes. than the original. It's a shout select, and uh, it has a new interview with writer Dale Launer and audio commentary by Frank Oz. Uh, interestingly enough, this movie was co-written by Paul Henning, the producer, mm. the mastermind behind the Beverly Hill- Hillbillies television series. And Green Acres. <laughs> and Green Acres, that's right. Which is a masterpiece <laughs> of television. <laughs> yes. But a lot Dale, of Dale Launer, man. We, we, we had Dale Launer on years ago, and he was uh-huh. on fire as a comedy writer. Yeah, I mean, he when was. you think about what what he wrote, he wrote Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, he wrote Ruthless People, he wrote My Cousin Vinny. I mean, yeah. oh wow, that's what I remember. You couldn't find from, a, yes. forgot about that, a yeah. comedy screenwriter that was t- more prolific mm-hmm. yeah. back in the day. Yeah, it's true. Good. Yeah, a lot of the the talent in this film is sadly passed on though. Glenn Headley and Barbara Harris both passed on in the last year. They're co-stars in this, and Miles Goodman, who did the music, is is no longer with us. Well, of course, Frank Oz. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's still around. But, he's still around. <laughs> yeah, I thought Frank so, Oz died. No, no he's still no, around. He's still around. Yeah, he who's the Muppet? Oh, Jim Henson. Sorry. Yeah, Jim Henson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Frank Oz did a documentary recently about you know his life and career that's out there. Um, but yeah, but Michael Bauhaus. Well, he's he's uh, dead. He's dead to me. I'm, that's what I can say. <laughs> <laughs> but Michael Bauhaus died recently too, the director of photography mm. and worked yeah. for yeah. with Scorsese quite a bit. But anyway, moving along, uh Warner Archive has issued The Giant Behemoth, which I think was the final film contribution of Willis O'Brien, the, I, yes. the special effects genius from yeah. the nineteen thirty three King Kong. King Kong, yes. Yeah, directed by Eugene Lurie and Douglas Hickox, it's co direction. Gene Evans is the Lee is has the top billing, and Jack McGowan is also mm. in this, who was in the Fearless Vampire Killers and famously died during the production of The Exorcist uh, right. under right. mysterious circumstances. So it's always been one of those things attributed to the Exorcist curse, of course. Great Irish actor, yeah, uh, uh, who was in Cul de Sac, the yes, Polanski movie. Uh, fantastic actor. Yeah, and of course he's great in the Fearless Vampire Killers. He's mm-hmm. hysterical, I think. Mm-hmm. But another Polanski, of course. So um, here's another made-for-television movie that's been issued. Linda Blair is Sarah T. The portrait of a, a teenage <laughs> alcoholic. Teenage alcoholic, yeah. Wow. Right, this, this is um, this actually is directed by Richard Donner. This was mm-hmm. the year before he directed mm-hmm. the the Omen and which was the launching pad for him entering the big time as a big-time blockbuster director. Somebody who, I, who I've interviewed. Yeah, I forgot about that. You sure did. Yeah, for Lady Hawk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he, uh, he directed this, and he appears in the extras on here, believe it or mm. not. He's not ashamed of it. He did a new interview where he talks about this uh, TV movie. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, it's like I said, it's just great to see these TV movies being issued and not treated like they're secondhand, you know, like a, a redheaded stepchild, as the old oh, cliche goes. We love TV movies on this yeah, show. I mean, we sure do. we're big, big fans of, of that golden era of TV movies mm-hmm. from the 60s to the 80s and even beyond that. But uh, I, I love them. I just think they're fantastic and they, they take me back. Uh, even if I've never seen the movie, I go hurling back into the into mm-hmm. uh, the decades with them. I love them. Yeah, 
But uh, this has an interesting cast. It's Linda Blair, of course, but Mark Hamill is mm. also in it. Uh, Larry Hagman. Uh, wow. And Verna Bloom, whom we just lost mm. uh, from Animal House, of course, and yeah. Medium Cool. And Medium uh, William cool. Daniels and Michael Lerner. How about that cast? That's a good cast. That's a really good cast. Yeah. So, anyway, um, we have Sarah T. Portrait of a Teenage Alcoholic, so I'm glad that's been issued. And uh, getting into the Twilight Time titles that we just mentioned, the passing of Nick Redman earlier, and we have a they they've issued their batch for the month, uh, Return of Frank James, which stars Henry Fonda and right. Tierney in her film debut, along with Jackie Cooper and yeah. John Carradine. Uh, this was a sequel, of course, to J.C. James from 1939, the yeah. King film. Yeah. And this the Twilight Time release has no extras, but it's um. It's a nice new transfer there, and they also have released Untamed from 1955, which stars. It's kind of billed as a South African version of Gone with the Wind. Uh huh. Irish immigrant played by Susan Hayward and a cavalry commander played by Tyrone Power. They mm. have a romance in Ireland and face trials and adventures in South Africa. Okay. And uh, this is one of those. Cinemascope productions shot in a 2.55 to 1 ratio and in 1955, the year when Cinemascope was entered, uh, I think it was the year, two years after Cinemascope was unleashed on audiences. That was 53. Right, with the robe. First. Yes. Yep. So this is the heyday of Cinemascope. So anyway, uh, it's a, it has isolated music track and the original theatrical trailer. And then we have a Humphrey Bogart film that's kind of been forgotten, but it's a cult favorite among a lot of fans photographed by the great Oswald Morris we have beat the devil mm. which written by written by Truman Capote yes co-written and by John Houston and Truman Capote and that's that's quite interesting in itself uh, the cast is incredible it's Humphrey Bogart of course Jennifer Jones Gina Lola Brigida Peter Robert Laurie. Morley Robert Morley and Peter Laurie yes exactly yeah yeah and but, uh it's one of the uh, progenitors of what I like to call the party film. That is, the the making of the film was a little bit more interesting than the actual film itself. But, uh, uh, you know, I often uh, put a lot of those uh, uh, Burt Reynolds, you know, Hal Needham uh, action movies into the party film category, you know, like Cannonball Run. They were a lot more fun to make than they are to watch. But, uh, uh Beat the Devil is is actually quite good. Uh, it's it's a little slow, but great location work uh, and uh, and an incredible cast. So, what can you say? It's a must. It's a big cult movie. Yeah, yeah, and it's been un- sadly unavailable on home video for for quite a while. So. Wasn't it in uh, Wasn't it in uh, uh, public domain for a long time? Like, I'm not sure. I, know. I think it was because uh, I remember seeing it a lot in in uh, cutout bins and stuff, you know. And uh, I was like, "What's Beat the Devil doing in here?" You know. So I think it was lost in in legal limbo for a little while. Yeah, I don't think it was ever available on DVD until now, or not not DVD or Blu-ray or anything. It mm-hmm. was just VHS tape. Right. So this is the first disc-based release ever, and mm. it includes audio commentary with. Um, the late Nick Redman, he provides a commentary here with Julie Kurgo and Lim Dobbs, and uh, there's a uh, a little featurette here in the trailer. So, uh, Beat the Devil, one of the Twilight Time releases. Lim Dobbs, the screenwriter? 
I think so, yeah. Okay, all right. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. And we also have, uh, of course, we mentioned earlier, Yanks with Vanessa Redgrave, Richard Gere, directed by John Schlesinger. And uh, this is, you know, a romance set during World War II as a bunch of American troops are stationed in England during the war. And, they, all uh, fall, they all fall for British uh, ladies. And, yes, they do, indeed. And, yes. And Rachel Roberts is in this as well. Uh, Lisa Eichhorn, Wood, oh, Devane, Vanessa Redgrave, of course, yeah. And uh, this has an isolated music track and commentary again with the late Nick Redman and Julie Kurgo and uh, actor Chuck Venera. So, oh yeah, who was big in the and he was in the movie that I watched this afternoon, High Risk. Yeah. So he was in a lot of movies back then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a terrific film. Yeah, so if you're a Schlesinger fan, for sure. And uh, the reissue of Cobra, the the new collector's edition of Cobra, (laughs) has been issued. There we go. (laughs) We know who's getting this. Finally, something I can talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Talk on. uh, What is it you love most about Cobra? I love the ego uh, that went into yeah. it, uh-huh. and how you can <laughs> yeah, see I, it on I love screen. It. I, I love it when, when so much ego goes in goes into something so awful. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just it's just so uh, inept, and Stallone is so sure of himself, and mm-hmm. uh, just love it. I love how just uh, unrepentantly, well, not unrepentantly because they don't think it's silly, but it's silly. I just love how uh, how completely stupid the movie is, and how nobody seems to realize it behind the if, camera and in front of the camera. Would you count Cobra as your favorite bad movie of all time? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. But there are people that genuinely love. Like I genuinely love it, but I love it realizing what it is. But uh, there are people that genuinely think it's a great movie. Like, uh, like it earns I, its. Yeah, but it's yeah. not. For for me, my favorite bad movie of all time, outside of Plan 9 from Outer Space, which is, of course, you know, I think is a great movie, <laughs> but uh, um, uh, is Showgirls. I think Showgirls is my favorite bad movie. The the movie that uh, that that really turns the corner and becomes great <laughs> by you just can't believe what you're watching. And it's a really well, great with an audience. It's funny to hear me and Aaron talk about Cobra because we'll we'll like pull out and start quoting Cobra, and we'll we'll quote like the opening when Stallone says, "In America, there's a violent rape every thirty nine seconds." <laughs> we go through that whole the whole speech in the opening, and Aaron's always like, "Have we checked those statistics? Have those changed <laughs> in the intervening years? Were those accurate in nineteen eighty six or?" <laughs> Oh, that's the best. Well, uh, I will give you the extras here. Uh, it has five new extras, uh, and they what they are is one is called Stalking and Slashing, an interview with Brian Thompson. Another one is Meet the mm. Disease, an interview with Marco Rodriguez. Uh, <laughs> new also is Feel the Heat, an interview with Andrew Robinson. Double Crossed, an interview wow. with Lee Garlington. And a work of art, an interview with actor Art LaFleur. 
and the rest of it is vintage stuff, including the uh, the audio commentary with Cosmatos. Now, have you have you watched any of the extras on it? I, I haven't gotten my review copy yet. Uh, I think they're a little late getting that one out. Okay. Uh, I had requested because I'm wondering. I'm wondering if Brian Thompson is as um, I would suppose he is, but uh, I'm wondering if he is as honest on the Blu-ray as he was to us when he talked <laughs> about how terrible Stilt Stallone and George Comatose were to him. Oh, mm. uh, uh, Eddie Robinson, that's the the villain from uh, Dirty Harry, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in, he was in that. Yeah. Okay, I, yeah. been, he, I haven't seen that movie the, since the it came police, out. Uh, he's the police chief that that's always right. lectures Stallone. I don't like your tactics. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, Sounds riveting. Uh, and that original, what really sets the movie off is that, I don't know if it's been held over to this new release, but is that original George Cosmatis commentary. It is it literally, has. okay, great. That makes it all <laughs> worthwhile because he's he's watching the movie with you and he's telling you what you're seeing. He, he oh, shares no stories kind of about the making of it. He even goes as far as like, you see the boot coming out of the car, and then the birds fly off the telephone wire. You know I mean, it is amazing. You know who else is bad at that is uh, is William Freakin, our friend, but uh, oh, yeah. he can't he can't do good commentaries because he's just explaining what you're watching. Uh, that's not <laughs> that's not the way to do this. And let's not forget that Andrew Robinson two years later would do, would start a. In the TV biopic of Liberace, so that's right. And he was also he was also the prosecuting lawyer. He was also played the prosecuting lawyer in uh, the trials of Bernard Getz. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Who makes a better Liberace, Andrew Robinson or Michael Douglas? That's a good question. Well, you know, uh, Andrew well, Robinson I mean, is great. Is great casting. He sort of looks he, like he was but, great uh, as Liberace, but the movie Behind the Candelabra is better. Uh, yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, sure, it's a good movie. Yep, agreed, agreed. Well, how about this? Uh, Charles Bronson tangling with a nude serial killer. Look no farther than Ten to Midnight. Ten to Midnight. To yep. <laughs> <laughs> that is also on Prime, I think, right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, Andrew Stevens, right, is the villain. That is. Oh no, he's actually one of the detectives. He's uh, Bronson's partner. Okay. The uh, the, the villain, villain is, is Gene very Davis. memorable. Gene Davis is the yeah. actor. Mm. Yeah, it's uh. I, I might remember his face, but uh, well, I remember the movie. Man. Well, uh, any movie. I remember. That, uh, I remember Andrew Stevens from all those Cinemax movies in the eighties yeah. with Shannon Worry. <laughs> all those, uh, all, all and those, of course, all those flicks. <laughs> He's in the Fury, right? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, absolutely. Fun. I'm not talking about his legitimate work. I'm talking about. <laughs> well, I wouldn't really call that stuff. legitimate work because it was terrible. <laughs> he was the and, worst well, thing about and, it. And and a lot of people don't realize some of that some of those Cinemax titty flicks that Andrew Stevens and Shannon Worry and Shannon Tweed and if your mm. name was Shannon, you were in that movie. Mm-hmm. Those movies, but a lot of those movies were. Uh, Featured, uh, I can't remember if he directed them or just acted in a lot of them. But uh, Nick Cassavetes, John Cassavetes' yeah. son, yeah, was in a yeah. ton of Skinamax movies. And and Zalman King, yeah, he did oh, a yeah. lot of. Well, he, of course, he did Red he, Shoe Diaries, but uh, yeah, he, he directed yeah. a lot of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was behind the scenes, all that stuff. But yeah, we should do, yeah. A, we should do a special show dedicated to those 
Cinemax movies. I would. I'd, I'm, <laughs> I'm up for that. I Why think we should I wonder do how many people movie. would be willing to do that. We should do that, that, and we should do a TV movie uh, uh, special show, favorite TV movies and stuff. You know, I think that would be great. Yeah, I just I'm want to really talk. I just want that. to talk to Shannon Worry. I mean, that's that's my whole goal <laughs> yeah. in this. And, and whoever the one with the one with the really, uh, what was it like? It was Joan Severance or somebody, um, really piercing eyes. Uh, mm. Brunette. I think it was Brunette. Joan Severance. Okay. Was was her name? Mm. Anyway, I'm going to yeah. start a list. We got to yeah. get that shit going. You know who I because I'm sending out requests for our, uh, for some movies for this year, uh, the anniversary stuff. And uh, I got my first bite the other day. I look on my email and I get an email from Lowell Bergman mm. for the 20th anniversary of The Insider, and he's like, "Sure, why not? I'll do it." Wow, <laughs> nice. That's, like, that's, well, that's very exciting. exciting. Yeah. If I can't get Pacino, I'll, I'll get the uh, little get people who that Pacino, Pacino played. Pacino played, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That 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 would be uh, that would be great. Actually, I think you should definitely do that. Yeah. I uh, I think that'd be a great idea. What wasn't it Andy Sedaris that used to do a lot of those too? They would say an Andy Sedaris film, or yes, <laughs> yes. It. Oh yeah, he was the king of the Cinemax. Uh, so he's yeah. the guy to reach out to. That's what I was gonna say. Yes, hard yeah. hard anyway. ticket to Hawaii, and and his his uh, lead actress Donna Fargo or something. Somebody, no, that's a singer. <laughs> Not Donna uh, Dixon. <laughs> Happiest girl in the whole <laughs> USA. <laughs> And she really was. <laughs> and she was had a she had a funny face, remember too. Yeah. <laughs> Did she? Is that really the same girl? Did she become no. a an actress? Or no. Am I? Well, that would be interesting, but uh, yeah. that's not the case. Okay. Got <laughs> <laughs> a Fargo. <laughs> that's a good one. I'm the happiest girl <laughs> in the whole USA. <laughs> Funny face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that frog is terrible. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, I digress. So there's my saying. I had to get it in there. Yes, so, yes. Um, every episode. Every episode, <laughs> yes. Uh, no, Andrew Stevens, don't, let's not forget he's in Massacre at Central High. We do love that one, so let's make that clear. That is, that's uh, yeah. his greatest, greatest work. Yeah. Yes. Of course. But, yeah, 10 to Midnight uh, does have a good cast. It has... Uh, you know, you you can't just dis- totally dismiss any movie that has Jeffrey Lewis as a prosecuting attorney. That's all I'm going to say. So, well, he, he elevates every movie he's in, yeah. so he does. He yeah, does. and Wilfred Brimley, I checked, he was 47 years old when he made this movie, and he looked like he was <laughs> 65. Uh, yeah, so, I'm I telling you, man. Brimley did did a lot of hard living uh, I think so. before he got famous. He was so. he was yeah. like he he was like your he was like your age when he did Cocoon for God's sake. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. And I told you the story. I told you the story the other week that I have a uh, the Tinder Midnight album signed by Wolfer Brimley in my collection. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was good, man. I thought he he should have been nominated for an Oscar for uh, for China Syndrome. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's amazing yeah, in that he's, movie. He's a good actor. He's he's, he's still good. And um, the thing, yeah. 
Yeah, well, I know our friend of the show, his favorite film, uh, Mike White, we're talking about over at Projection Booth, his favorite film is Black Shampoo. So VCI has issued Black Shampoo on Blu-ray. <laughs> That's his favorite movie? Yeah, he said that before, yes. Wow, really? So, yeah, he loves that movie. He loves that movie. He said that yeah. He said that on our game show. Is, yeah. Is, uh, is, that, yeah. Is, it, is it a comedy, or what What the hell is – I have a, uh, an ad for it. That's all I know about it. But uh, – is it's it just comedy? It's, it's, the, it's it's how I should be shampoo with an all black cast. Uh, right. Okay. Well, yeah. Have you got? No, it isn't. It, well, it's similar. It's it's a black hairstylist who has sex with the female customers and tries to keep the mafia from taking over the business. That's essentially okay. what it is. But all right. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing. Directed by <laughs> Graydon Clark. Oh, so. Graydon Clark. Yeah, so okay. anyway, but just wanted to mention that if anybody is curious about black shampoo that VCI has has issued that since he references that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I've never gotten around to seeing it and I and I need to. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I'd like to check that out too. Yeah. Any black movies from the 70s, I'm totally into. Yeah, me too. Roadhouse 2 has been issued from uh, 2002. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you in in place of uh, in in place of Rowdy Harrington, you have Scott Zeal as the director. <laughs> oh, I see we've yeah, gone up a notch. <laughs> you do have Jake Jake Busey is in it though, so uh, uh, you say okay. that as though it's a plus. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Roadhouse yeah. Two. Yeah, huh, I didn't right. even know that existed. Wow. It does. MVD has issued it. MVD Visual. Here's the plot. A group of malicious drug runners are attempting to take over the Black Pelican Roadhouse, and it's up to the owner's nephew to beat down the bad guys and keep the club and the family. Uh, so there you go. Wow. Well, okay. Anyway. Yeah. So, Kiss of the Tarantula from 1976. That's a VCI. We're talking about VCI. That's another one of their issues. Kiss uh, of the Tarantula? Them. Yeah. You mean tarantulas get kissed and I can't get a kiss from anybody? Uh, <laughs> God damn it! I is, that a, so. is that another? Is that another Morricone score? It could be. Uh, <laughs> I I don't have a list of the credits in front of me, but um, I've, the title pops up from time to time. I, but it's BCI is releasing this uh, alongside Black Shampoo. Those are one of their releases. So mm, <clears throat> the. Um, 1983 film Deadly Force is being issued by Shout Factory. Deadly Force. One of these with Wing Hauser. Wing <laughs> Hauser. Remember oh, yeah. no wonder. that guy? He turned up in a Wings few Hauser. interesting things. He, wasn't he when in the Jed, When in Jed Michael Finn his book, you go for Wings Hauser. <laughs> Wings Hauser is in The Insider, isn't he? I, th- I think so. he's He in, plays he's a in, lawyer. Yes. He, yeah, he tries he is. to silence. Yeah. 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 He's also in this really good uh, early '80s movie uh, crime drama called Vice Squad. It's actually yes. really well done. Yeah, He's yeah, that was a good villain movie. in that. Yeah, yeah. directed yeah. by Gary uh, Sherman, I believe, who did Dead and Buried and Dead Raw and Meat. Buried, yeah. yeah. Raw Meat was the other one he did. Yeah. yeah. So, um, January 29th, we're about to wrap up here. We have the 2018 Suspiria for anybody who's interested. Uh huh. Which I, I have a screener for, but I still haven't put it put it in to watch it. But I do love that Tom York song that's mm-hmm. in it. The uh, from Tom York from Radiohead did the title song, I guess, and uh, he'll he might get a very well get an Oscar I, I, nomination. 
this year. I just I just don't want to I just don't want to uh, spend fifteen dollars to watch it. But I do yeah. I do want to see it. But the because uh, you can buy it on Prime now. But uh, the, uh, God, what's his name? Argento did a um, interview last week where he said he really didn't like the remake. It mm. had no music. And a lot of people took that literally, and I was like, he doesn't mean it literally. Obviously, it yeah, he, score, he just... means it, it. It's it's a discordant movie. It has no. It, yeah. it doesn't sing. <laughs> it has no poetry. It doesn't. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I uh, I thought it was okay. I thought it was fair. It was. I actually, truth be told, I liked it better than the original. <laughs> I was no well, it's much the longer than the original, yeah, right? It so yeah, too long. I'll give you that. It's uh, way too long. But but. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a few interesting things. It's still not a far from a perfect movie, but I I still warmed up to it more than I did the original. So I'm I'm not a huge uh, fan of that uh, uh, Luca Guadagnino or whatever. I just not a fan. Yeah. Well, anyway, but I will give you a bright spot for January 29th uh, in the heat of the night. The Best Picture winner for 1967. Uh, because this has some really nice extras. It has a new, well, first of all, it has a new 4K restoration. It has new interviews with Norman Jewison and Lee Grant. Mm. And it has uh, a segment from a 2006 AFI interview with Sidney Poitier. There's uh, audio commentary from 2008. Uh, There's Rod Steiger, Norman Jewison, and Lee Grant commentary, along with Haskell Wexler. Yay! Uh, I watched yeah. it. Uh, I watched uh, in the heat of the night on Prime uh, a yeah. couple couple of weeks ago, and uh, even though it doesn't deserve Best Picture of 1967, I, agree. I, agree uh, I do that. think it's a very very good movie, and it has really great music in it. Uh, and uh, uh, who uh, I forgot who did the score, but That's uh, Quincy Jones. Quincy, Quincy Jones, Jones, right? And there's Is some it? interesting songs in it too, like Foul Owl on the Prowl and. Uh, and uh, but you hear on the radio, you know, the radio is playing constantly in the movie. It has really interesting sound, and uh, of course, uh, um, Haskell's work is fantastic and really puts you right there mm-hmm. in that environment. Uh, and Hal Ashby too. I think it's a better, uh, yeah, it's a better movie than um, it's a better movie than Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. It, oh, ter- it is absolutely, absolutely. It is, it is much better. Yeah. Uh, much and, better. But uh, you know, not better than Bonnie and Clyde and The Graduate. <laughs> so uh, yeah, or Cool Hand Luke, <laughs> or Doctor Doolittle. <laughs> oh well, uh, <laughs> well, we'll let that. We'll leave that one lying right there. <laughs> so yeah, Screamers, the 1995 film, has been issued by Shout Factory. That Christian Dugois. Mm. Written by Dan O'Bannon and Philip K. Dick. He got a co-writing credit wow. on this. It was Peter Weller, of course, Jennifer Rubin. And, um, so, you know, I was a projectionist when this came out. I never even saw it when I was working at the theater, so I can't really, can't really <laughs> say anything about it. But I just wanted to let people know. You don't get to there. watch the movies when you're... Uh, no. Yeah, and it's not a very comfortable experience because back when I used to do it and you worked with film, you'd hear the little squawk box up. That's mm. all you can hear the sound coming out of there. It wasn't much fun, but yeah. anyway. So another Shout Factory collector's edition, Suburbia, directed by Penelope Spheris, starring okay. Flea. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, the little punk kids on the streets of L.A. or someplace, yeah. right? So, uh, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's interesting. That's one. That's one of their um, new Shout Factory Shout Selects releases that they have upcoming on the 29th. You know what I'd like to see again is The Boys Next Door. You ever seen that? A long time. It's uh, with, uh, with Maxwell Charlie Caulfield. Sheen and yeah. Maxwell Caulfield. Yeah. Two guys uh, going on a, a murder spree. spree. Yeah. Oh man, that that movie's disturbing and strangely funny sometimes. Like, makes you laugh at some things you know you shouldn't be laughing at. But uh, it is really, really effective. That's one of her better movies, I think. Yeah, I haven't seen that in probably thirty years, so yeah. I don't remember a lot about it. Oh man, it's 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 scary and uh, and funny. It's weird. <laughs> Yeah. So um anyway, Willow has been issued in a 30th anniversary edition. Ugh. I mean, it's, <laughs> don't know what you want to say about that, but No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that must then, have a fan following though, that film. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it, it has its fans. Yeah. I just never warmed up to it myself. No. Anyway. Oh, and one other um Arrow video release is Waterworld. <laughs> there's a two two different cuts of the film here. There's one that's about, oh, I think 20 minutes longer. Oh, goody. Yeah, so, yeah. I can't imagine watching huh. that again. Yeah, that's but. the solution. <laughs> that's that's the way to. Pick you know, it. everybody talks about everybody talks about that movie. Everybody remembers that movie as a disaster, but it was not a disaster. It made money. It did it not bomb. Yeah, it wasn't a terrible movie. I just wouldn't revisit it. You know. No. No. Well, uh, I can watch it once. Dennis Hopper. Well, we have the 1989 film Cutting Class, starring Brad Pitt, one of the early Brad Pitt. Roddy McDowell was in this also. Star of Shockma. Yeah. I never, <laughs> yeah, Donovan, what is his name? Likaich, or however you pronounce his. Anyway. Yeah. So, a couple more Warner Archive releases Tarzan's Three Challenges and Tarzan Goes to India, 1962 and 3 on those. Oh, uh, is it Ron um, Eli as uh, Tarzan? No, I don't think so. I think this was the one that had uh, the, the Jock Mahoney. Is in the 1962 Tarzan Goes to India, directed by John Gillerman, by the way. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, Interesting. And then we have the 63 Tarzan Three Challenges. That's yeah, that's Jock Mahoney as well. Okay. Directed by Robert Day, co-starring okay. Woody Strode. Hmm. He's a good character actor. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think that just about sums up everything that we had for January. I don't see anything that I've missed. I think that pretty well covers it. That was a Quite a diverse slate, I would say. Yes. Quite <laughs> That's one way of putting it. So. Uh, okay. There you go. Well, what's coming on Prime? Let me, first of all, just let you know about what's on there now. Uh, some really great movies. Uh, I'm just going to pick the cream of the crop here. Uh uh, let's see. Um, 
Robert Altman's Images, uh, the final countdown, still of the night from uh, from uh, Roy Scheider and still of uh, the night, still of the night, yeah, Roy Scheider and that's uh, the cream of the crop. Street. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm just picking out movies that uh, movies that I recognize the title of, the Untouchables, and that's a Robert that's a Robert Bitten movie, isn't it? And, Robert and, Bitten, um, yeah. I think Meryl Streep said it's the one movie of hers that she thinks is terrible. Um, it, it's not very good. But uh, Romper Stomper is on there. Russell Crowe's debut, or relatively, uh, for a few dollars more. The Machinist, Christian Bale getting thin and sickly. Uh, from noon to three, the uh, uh, Charles Brassing Western comedy uh, on Golden Pond. Uh, Someone to Watch Over Me with uh, Tom Berenger, mm. um, uh, Ridley Scott, uh, Chinatown Pretty is good. on there. Yeah, it is. Chinatown, if you want to watch it all clear and nice. Total Recall, Super, uh, super Size Me by my uh, much dis- disliked uh, Morgan Spurlock. A uh, great can- Canadian movie about priests, uh, uh Raping Children, uh, The Boys of St. Vincent, um, from, from the early 80s. That's what it is. That's what a great recommendation. 90s. A, gra- a yes. great movie about Catholic priests raping children. Well, uh, Canadian yeah, movies are, are fantastic, and uh, <laughs> they're unsung. Uh, a Late Quartet with uh, one of uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's last movies from 2013. Mm. Um Zulu is on Prime. Oh man, that's exciting. That's uh, uh Michael Caine's debut film uh where he's part of a British troop uh, uh trying to defend their uh their headquarters in uh South Africa and getting attacked by uh Zulu tribes. That is a great great movie. Uh if you've never seen it. Also one of uh, John Barry's first great scores. Uh, really exciting film. <clears throat> uh, Moonstruck is on there. Um, oh no, Little Nicky from from uh, from uh, uh, Adam Sandler. All is Lost, the terrific uh, Robert Redford movie. Uh, boy, he's great in that. Uh, King of Comedy is on there. Uh, and uh, Shotgun Stories uh, with uh, Michael Shannon, a uh, great uh, debut film, I think, from Jeff Nichols, who did Mud and Take Shelter. Uh, Silver Bullet, Stephen King's uh, – they have a few Stephen King things. I, I tried to watch Thinner the other night. I couldn't watch it because the makeup was so bad on the on the fat guy, the fat guy makeup. Um, but uh, – Coming up uh, on Prime uh, in February, they've got a lot of a uh, lot of older films, like a lot of uh, a lot of like forties tr- westerns, looks like. But along came Polly is one uh, with uh, uh, it's coming up uh, with uh, Jennifer Aniston. Uh, let's see, uh, Delta Force, uh, Chuck Norris. Oh wait, this is the two thousand seven remake. And uh, Flesh and Blood, the uh, Rutger Hauer uh, sword and sorcery movie from the 80s, and Four Weddings and a Funeral. Um, let's see. High Lonesome uh, with 
John Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore's dad, is in that, the Western. And uh, let's see, what else we got here? Marathon Man is coming up, which is uh, not a great movie, but a fantastic performance by Lawrence Olivier, of course. And um, let's see, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, my favorite James Bond movie. Um, Let's see, they always have a lot of James Bond on there. And uh, let's see, what do we got here? Um, let's see, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, uh, Blues Brothers, which I I will always watch, uh, Last of the Mohicans, which, believe it or not, I've never seen. Uh, so I've never seen the Daniel Day-Lewis, Last of the Mohicans. Um, and uh, the whole Matrix trilogy, which you can skip the last two, but the first one's always great. And uh, Portrait of a Lady, uh, Barbara Hershey and uh, let's see what else we got here Unforgettable 2000, 2017 I'm not what, sure what that one is Universal Soldier uh, Untamed Heart uh, the Marissa Tomei uh, romance movie with uh, who else is in that that's uh, Christian Slater Christian Marissa Slater Tomei. yeah Yeah. where he gets the Rose- monkey heart yeah, Rosie Perez, I believe, is. Not. Oh yeah, who's always good? Wayne's World and Wayne's World Two, and uh, and then they're going to have the remake of Papillon, uh, Rami Malek's other movie from 2018, uh, mm-hmm. and he's in the uh, Dustin Hoffman role, and I think it's Charlie Hunnam is uh, is in the uh, Steve McQueen role. I'm, not sure who's playing it. I haven't seen it. And what they had, the uh, recent recent movie uh, with uh, Hilary Swank and Blythe Danner and Michael Shannon, Robert Forrester, who's excellent in it. Um, and I think that that just about does it for uh, for Prime, but. There's always great stuff popping up on Prime. Like like I said, today I watched uh I watched uh High Risk, which is from early eighties, with uh James Brolin, um let's see, Cleavon Little, Jake Venera, uh Bruce Davidson, uh Ernest Borgnine, and James Coburn were these four normal guys uh plot to go to another country to steal all of James Coburn's money out of his safe. And uh <clears throat> very, very, very entertaining movie. And uh and then I watched Black Oak Conspiracy, which was a seventies drive in movie with um Jesse Vent in the lead. It felt it feels like a movie that you know, maybe Burt Reynolds would have been doing like maybe later on in his career. Uh but uh car chase movie, you know, small town, crooked cops, uh and uh Jesse Vance is trying to overcome them and uh it's very, very entertaining. Black Oak Conspiracy is the name of the movie. So I'm always finding new stuff that I've never seen on Prime. It's just <laughs> there's really no reason <laughs> to have cable really i mean it's just cut the cord and uh get prime 